0: Texas talking, ah. What was that that you said? Texas talking,
1: ah. going hoop up beside your head? Texas talking, Tell me who can you trust when Texas hides hard? When Texas hides hard. Texas talking, ah.
0: Hi, Peggy Venable here with Americans for Prosperity. And as I travel the great state of Texas, I count on two things to keep me alert. Caffeine and TribCast. Well, maybe I rely a little more on the caffeine, but TribCast is the most intelligent talk in Texas. And now for your brilliant and beautiful host, Emily Ramshaw. Thank you. This is Emily Ramshaw here with the TribCast for the first week of May. I'm joined by CEO and Editor-in-Chief Evan Smith.
2: What's up, brilliant?
0: (laughs) Yes, right. I need you to start calling me that in all exchanges. Uh, Executive Editor Ross Ramsey. Howdy. And Reporter Patrick Svitek. Hello. And we are not going to talk about the ACL lineup, uh, even though that's the foremost oh, on Evan's mind today. Come on. <laughs>
1: do we can do a whole half hour on it. So far the most interesting thing of the
0: week, almost. But we are going to talk about whether I am secretly videotaping you all right now using this little (laughs) pin on my lapel. Does Todd have
2: his periscope out again? Secretly tape (laughs) Alabama shakes. We could just bring the two conversations together.
0: Yeah, we'll skip that. Is this not illegal? Is it not illegal to secretly
2: videotape somebody? How can it be illegal in the state of Texas to secretly tape somebody on Audio, okay, this if is... they're not it's, it's aware not. of it... This is a it's great not. start,
0: but why don't you explain <laughs> to our <laughs> listeners what the hell you're so talking about? So if I
2: call about. Svitek and I say, speedtech you're in Dallas with Governor Perry, what was your, it like? And I can, don't tell him I'm taping him. You can tape all of your phone calls. You can't broadcast that
1: tape, but you can tape all of your phone calls. It's define one, define broadcast. Wait, before you one do one that, Ross, what, what are we talking
0: about right now?
1: We're talking about taping stuff on the telephone.
0: Right, but why are we talking about it? Thank you for that.
1: What Evan's trying to say. Right. Uh, so there's a group that has been approaching, it looks like mostly House members, I haven't found any senators yet, um, to ask them provocative questions and to and sort of creeping them out a little bit. Um, with this lapel- is like Baba Booey from <laughs> Howard Stern. I mean, this is really like a prank, isn't it? <laughs> kind of and anyway so they're so they're supposedly taping these lawmakers and trying to catch them in awkward situations these are you know sort of the children of James O'Keefe they're they're some of them are former associates of James too O'Keefe. sleazy for James <laughs> and, O'Keefe and that's well, a no, branding they're, proposition is not affiliated with James O'Keefe but, no but they're you know no, he a lot denies of it. you know some of these folks have worked with him in the past and it's basically sort of a gonzo political activist thing where you go out and you try to catch people saying things that are stupid enough to bounce them in the next election cycle mm-hmm. and or to embarrass them. And they supposedly – I mean they're saying they have 800 hours of um, Texas lawmakers saying the kinds of things that would make voters turn up their noses. And the mm-hmm. House got alarmed enough about it that they called in the DPS and said, can you do anything about this DPS – Sort of
2: ask these guys some questions, but, you know, they really can't do anything. But it doesn't look like anything not just, But happened. they're not just alleging that they caught Armando Wally with food in his mouth. And so it's, ooh. No, they're, they're alleging they're like, They're saying, like, specifically behavior. alleging anything. Yeah. Members Ex- doing it with other people, yeah, not their spouses. Yeah, extramarital
0: affairs. And, you know, they, say they,
1: have, they say without attaching any names or anything, you know, the, the legislature is full of sleaze and we're going to reveal the sleaze. Yeah, it's like, exactly. well, you know, show me.
0: Except these types of people have a history of sort of releasing these videos that have been highly edited and put together to make it seem like things are happening. I mean, I don't know. And also 800 hours, that's like four and a half hours for every member of the legislature, unless they're just taping on committee hearings, which are pretty damn boring. I don't even know how that's feasible.
3: It's a lot of criminal activity, if it is <laughs>
0: criminal yeah, activity. Right, seriously. 800 <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> hours of criminal activity. <laughs> How have we been missing all of will And then they, won't,
3: they won't show us any of it because they say their lawyers are still reviewing it because I guess there is criminal activity. And they're going to leak it
0: out over the course of yeah. the summer, You get theory.
1: to kind of a weird situation if you tell... If you say publicly that you are aware of criminal activity and you have talked to the DPS, but you didn't talk to them about the alleged criminal activity, I bet you're going to talk to them again.
0: Yeah. I mean, how does that even work? Is it Are you allowed to threaten to say basically we have criminal acts but not have reported it to DPS? We're going to wait to show you these criminal well, so, acts so until so the summer. So this
2: is the Robert Durst video? Yes, exactly. To come back to, come back to Ross's point.
0: Oh, Ross had a point?
2: Ross's point was (laughs) that this was ultimately not just about embarrassing or humiliating or shaming people for allegedly corrupt or extramarital behavior. But that ultimately, it's about catching elected officials. I like officials. that you separate corrupt and extra. Go ahead. I do. Well, there's corruption. It's and all then corrupt doing it, it's right? Wait. My what? point on this. My point on this is that
0: Julia, I hope you're listening.
2: The, the political. <laughs> the, she, believe me, she has many more important things to do. Um, the, the political aspect of what Ross said is is of course front of mind here. So are, are these guys trying to catch people? Unaware, saying things that would get them in trouble in a primary. Is right. there a political motivation to this beyond everything else? Well, why else would you do it? So then, my next question is, who is behind this? Right. So, so this is the this is who's the interesting funding thing. and who's responsible? Who's behind it?
1: Patrick and I were talking about this off-mic a, a while ago. The soldiers of fortune here, the 24-year-old white kids with lapel mics.
2: Like the kids from Bob Roberts. Kind of, Remember the they're, kids in right, Bob Roberts? Right. They're kind of expendable.
1: Kind and, of like that. And, I mean, you can always find people like that on the left and on the right. The question is not what the soldiers on the field are doing, although that's kind of interesting. Who are the generals?
0: Right, who's paying the soldiers on and the field? We
1: have a set of law here that protects them from any disclosure, so you don't really know who's operating, what their ends are. And, you know, who's pulling the strings here?
0: I mean, we know the people, generally speaking, who want, you know, Strauss out of office. I mean, you know, there is obviously the contingent of people who supports the 19 or however many House members who voted against Strauss.
1: Right. So this is the contention that this is an anti-Strauss operation, which they specifically said, no, it's not. I mean, if you look at the people that they're talking to, it kind of looks like it. Mm. but
2: But, But even beyond that, if you look at the associations loosely you know dotted sure. line more straight and, line yeah, but and if you ha- look at the association yeah, haven't
1: there been reports
3: too that the the members are being specifically asked about their support for Strauss right but well, that's was, that's
2: 131 members right, to emily's a, point b- <laughs> but i was people. even going to say that the people who have so say this careful i don't want to get all bud kennedy on here honestly you know, but the the the, <laughs> Sorry, the people who uh, uh are associated with this activity are likewise associated with a firm called C Three Strategies, which, done which has done political work. Which has done political work for a number of s- legislators, for certain legislators, but a, a an ideological cast of legislator. So, so, a certain type of le- sure. a grassroots yeah. conservative right. cast. So, according to the numbers
1: at the Texas cert- Ethics so Commission, it's
2: circumstantial is- that this is about right. that end right. trying to get the other end.
1: Yeah, according to the reports uh, that candidates file with the Texas Ethics Commission. Almost $700,000 spent in the 2014 cycle on, it looked like mostly ground operations, door hangers, uh, door knockers, get out to vote people from C3 Strategies, uh, and some of the, the candidates and entities that were paying for those services were the Harris County Republican Party, Connie Burton from Tarrant County, Lois Kolkhorst from Brenham, another senator, uh, Don Huffines from Dallas, um, T.J. Fabi. And Philip Eby, who both ran for the House unsuccessfully, unsuccessfully, right. and,
2: and, and were the grassroots conservative candidates, were the right. grassroots conservative right. candidates in those primaries. Right, and I may so be leaving can, somebody you can out. You draw inferences that's... from this that this is somehow the grassroots guys, that sure. universe of folks, tr- trying to get at the rhinos. That's the theory here. That's that's a theory, right? It's a theory, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, so where? How does this all play out? You know, how much how much uh, credibility do these guys get? Where do we go from here? Well,
1: it depends on what they have. It's, you know, show us your stuff, right? right? I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, if they did 800 hours of video and it's you know, a fly on the wall. You know, what's the guy who has the
2: hell? If they filmed us for 800 <laughs> hours here at the office, the, they'd get me in a primary. The, I mean, it's you the know, plastic bag uh, flying around in American Beauty any, or something. You know? Anybody? We've already got a plan hours. for that. Evan. Do you have a plan for That <laughs> yeah. too?
3: Good. They, they've initially it seemed kind of act, reacted to the reports at, with enthusiasm. If you look at their people on Twitter, they're oh, yeah. retweeting the stories and they're saying, you know, wait, well, wait, do you see what getting, happens? Yeah. Um, so I don't think they feel. I mean, like they were they were got in any way and they're ashamed and now they're they're kind of you know they're not lawyering. Well, yeah. Well, if
0: like the worst thing the House can say about them is they're bags, which yeah. is I think what Charlie that could, Guerin That could be a primary ad, uh, yeah, Charlie Guerin right.
2: calling you a sleaze but bag, But it's not exactly the, right. the introduction. That's an ad.
0: <laughs> yeah. right. I'm
2: a grassroots conservative, <laughs> yeah. and I've got Charlie Guerin calling me a sleaze bag. That is, in fact, a campaign yep. ad for me. This is hardly me, the
1: coming right? out ceremony for sleaze bags in politics. I mean, this has been going on for years and years. It's just got new technology now.
0: Mm-hmm. They've
1: discovered disruptive technology in politics. How about that?
0: Maybe we should all go out and get some lapel pins. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's talk about another uh, conspiracy theory. Boy, that we're gonna have a good Tribcast today. We've this got we so much. We, we should have taped, taped it in back.
1: helicopter cast. <laughs> yeah, we've right? got
0: all the all the crazy. We should have uh, taped
1: it in a tunnel under a Walmart.
0: Let's talk about Jade Helm 15. <laughs> Hashtag Jade Helm 15. I can already feel Twitter blowing up.
2: Sounds like a James Bond movie, doesn't it?
0: Right. The, this is the military exercise Hashtag that basically you know conspiracy theorists <laughs> have been saying is you know um, is a danger to the safety of Texans and is a military exercise sort of taking over Texas. Um, there has been a lot of rhetoric around this, but Greg Abbott weighed in this. was That, that was last week. What did he say? Yeah, that was early that last week. Fl- fanned the know. flames.
3: Yeah, so he sent a letter to the uh, Texas State Guard asking them to kind of just monitor the situation and make sure the Texans, uh, I guess, safety and civil liberties weren't being infringed upon. And obviously, he elevated the, the issue um, far beyond what any of these conspiracy theorists theorists could do
2: so
0: and so how did folks respond to him i mean but folks in his own party you know uh, folks in the military i mean did th- this seem to sort of fall john flat john stewart
2: sent him an edible <laughs> arrangement right <laughs> right. Yeah. right thank you governor
0: yeah the onion days fall. of material <laughs>
3: yeah yeah well we've seen this i think not i don't know slowly but building response by even members of his own party that there's nothing to fear um, from the military some people have framed it more in the context of a, a pushback on abbott's specific action others like uh former Lieutenant Governor David Dewhurst have kind of just taken the route of speaking generally about the need to trust the military. Um,
0: David Dewhurst breaks the silence <laughs> for Jade Helm 15.
3: Exactly. So, And then Governor Perry weighed in on it yesterday, former and Governor Perry. So
0: what did Perry say? Because it sounded... It sounded pretty critical, although he he didn't sort of directly say Greg Abbott's sure, name. Sure, yeah.
2: Hashtag Dallas Morning News headline.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I prefer Patrick's headline personally. I but. think he
2: was he was
3: you know from what I heard uh, he was generally asked about what he thought about Abbott's response to the situation or what he thought about having the state guard monitor the the Jade Helm operation. And his response it was it was a little hard to, to nail down whether he was exactly uh, criticizing Abbott or just speaking generally about the need to to respect and trust the military. But what it boiled down to, just this kind of twenty-second statement he gave as he walked into this event, um, was you know it's it's all good to to be skeptical of the government and to question your elected leaders, um, but you really shouldn't have anything to worry about when it comes to the military.
1: I think the military. I think your headline was I think the military is quite
3: trustworthy.
2: Quite yeah. trustworthy.
0: Basically, he <laughs> said, yeah, feel free to distrust your elected officials, but don't you dare distrust your military. Exactly. Right.
2: So here's a sausage being made question that I have for you guys. Do you think Greg Abbott wrote this letter? On his own, or do you think staff attentive to the politics of all this came to the governor and said, "We think you ought to go do this," and he went, "Yeah, yeah, fine."
0: I have heard the staff was caught flat-footed. So on that this.
2: he himself, the governor, made the decision to do this. I, I, I blame him. the governor for anything that comes out of his office. Oh, oh, <laughs> I blame the speaker oh, for anything that comes out of his office. I don't that comes disagree. Out of the air. But I'm just curious to know because Greg, but I don't believe in the staff escape the, hatch. But, but this actually, this actually gets to a larger conversation I want to have. For you know, a minute. Which is, Greg Abbott, to the surprise of many, has been, if not more moderate, than more temperate as governor than what had been expected.
0: I think temperate is a better word. That's what I said. Yeah.
2: I'm, I'm saying not moderate, yeah. but temperate I'm get at this hour, has been working. more yeah. temperate. That's a 25 cent word. Yeah, All right. Um, you know, we had been told going into this uh, 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 administration, you know, when he was running against Wendy Davis, this guy's super conservative. He was a very conservative attorney general. You know proudly sued the federal government at the drop of a hat, Um, uh, and that, in fact, uh, Abbott succeeding Perry, you might actually get a couple more clicks to the right, right? Abbott may have been more conservative pound for pound than Perry. So Abbott comes in, and he reveals the names of his key staff and of his agenda items before he's sworn in, and you would have been forgiven for thinking that Joe Strauss had been elected governor. It was a very kind of business as usual, not in a pejorative sense, you know, Randy Urban and Louis signs and Julia Rathgeber and Julia Rathgeber and, and education and border security and economic development. No sharp objects on the table and nobody wielding sharp objects. It wasn't a in the big social agenda? Right. It was kind of an economic right. agenda. Right, Then he gives his it, state the of the state. The get shit
0: state. done agenda. He gives
2: his yeah. state of the state. He gives With his headline, you know right? it, again kind of no sharp objects. Um, he has not been an activist, co- grassroots conservative, swinging a sword around kind of guy and has avoided these fights, either actively or passively avoided them, but avoided them nonetheless. It has been rare for him to step in shit, politically, to this point. He has been much more tempered. This is a rare misstep, presuming that it is agreed that it's a misstep, which I have to tell you, I don't think within his universe, it's necessarily seen that way. When Uh, John Stewart has taken a a whiz on, well, hold on. When John Stewart has taken a whiz on you, it's actually he who should be thanking John Stewart.
0: But it's not just John Stewart taking a whiz on him, which is a strange 7th uh, grade term. <laughs> I mean, it's I'm all about it's, the seventh it's people grade. in his own party doing that you know it's all right it's let me rephrase military. when
3: todd smith takes a whiz well, on he, you. so todd smith accused him of pandering and i think this gets at the question of if this is pandering if you are in the, if you do have are of that train of thought who, who is pandering he pandering who to? is he pandering to what is the, the black the helicopter people that he is pandering to here because the kind of texas republicans that often get pandered
2: to i don't think this is something that fires no
0: them. and the, they're the, super pro military the, the people right, exactly. who are
2: pissed off at abbott for not uh, bolstering mm-hmm. patrick uh, you know, during breakfast gate, I mean, I don't know who's he yeah, paying? I, I, I think I think really what happened here is that they had
1: a throw down response to something that they didn't think would catch anybody's attention. Mm-hmm. And I think it caught a lot of attention. Oh, my God. Of course think, it caught a lot well, But I think this was one of those things where they just said, throw him a letter that says, you know, we're going to send in the Texas State Guard. It's not the Texas National Guard. But
2: this is this the is, kind of thing that the sort attorney the general staff would you know, have done and nobody would have blinked an eye, really, because it was consistent more sure. with, the, with the affect of that office.
1: The, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, obviously in retrospect for everybody and, and, you know, I mean, some people would have seen this coming. But, you know, this
2: was don't weigh in on this. If why Ken are you playing? Ken Paxton had written this letter. You know, as Attorney General, I'm concerned that the the, uh, uh, civil liberties of our state uh, are are at some risk. And as the top law enforcement officer, or the top lawyer for the state, I'm going to ask that the state state apparatus be deployed to ensure that. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah. But the point is, if if an activist Attorney General, whether it had been Abbott or it were Paxton, had written this letter. An eyebrow might have I don't know gently I think raised. anybody would
0: have been eaten alive. I mean the, I think, the I Texas think being
2: governor is different.
0: Well, absolutely, it's different because it's on a bigger stage. But I just think I mean this is such a pro-military state with such sort of you know deep military resources and history. I just I think I think Abbott didn't realize this was going to be a stink. Sort right. of did it quick and dirty, thinking <clears> this was you know he was going to appease a group of people who were worried. And suddenly it exploded, and he had no idea what. Throm- he was getting Throw
1: into. him a form letter, you know, send him yeah. a couple of troops. However, you're spending time taxpayer dollars against the military, and you've got 200,000-some-odd military troops based in Texas. It's like if you were worried about it, you should have started worrying about 1837. However,
2: However, the consequences for this for Abbott will be precisely zero.
0: I mean, I think yeah. at the end of the day, this is not the kind of thing that is going to turn anyone away from Abbott, you know. Uh, but it makes I, you wish the
1: state had more political cartoonists, though, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, right.
0: I mean, it does. He has seemed to sort of like walk this back a little bit, though. Abbott. Yeah, he defended he? it, I think, yeah. on
3: Monday of this week or earlier this week, and he just said that he was acting as uh, he wants the governor's office to act as an information facilitator right. or something. Right, information. Uh, you know. That this is the role of the governor's office to provide. He didn't information send in the to, Texas to State citizens. Public
1: Relations Corps. <laughs>
0: It's true. It seemed like an extreme response under the circumstances.
2: Yeah, but it does seem that way. <laughs>
0: yes. So, all right. Well, uh, although
2: let's just say yeah. one last word on this is didn't Ted Cruz actually ask after this very same thing? I want to be sure with the Pentagon that right, yeah, did, Ted Cruz said he's, he's followed, asked the Pentagon. Yeah. But for Ted, Ted, Ted Cruz's it. response to this was actually somewhat more abboty. <laughs> Yes. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. More than Dewhurst or, or Perry in some ways. Yeah, right. absolutely. Where well, did just... Ted Cruz work? Yeah. <laughs> I like Dewhurst coming back More on. online. We...
0: The... Yeah, it was good right? to see him.
2: Hello. I'm I'm still <laughs> here. It's kind of great.
0: All right. Well, um, back to lawmakers in a little bit of hot water. It seems like only yesterday we were talking about Jonathan Stickland on the trip cast. State representative from Bedford. Uh, Jonathan Stickland was kicked out of a transportation committee hearing meeting over uh, basically allegations that he or his staff had been sort of um, getting people to testify to register on on uh, in support of a particular piece of legislation against red light cameras who were not actually in Austin, which in theory is or isn't a violation of state rules.
1: well you're you're signing a form on an iPad outside of a committee room that says, I am signing this for myself, and you can hardly do that if you're in Richardson. True. Right. So there's a there's an affidavit on the bottom of the thing that says I am me. I'm signing this thing on behalf of myself. Click. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. And, and so there's a question of whether you you know it's pretty clear that this violated House rules. Um, mm-hmm. You can you can do remote hearings if there's a pre-arrangement and if it's by the invitation of the committee according to the House rules, but. You can't sign in remotely. You can't sign into this thing online or something like that. And, you know, <clears throat> frankly, if they were going to let you sign up for witness lists or sign up, you know, like a petition or whatever, they would set up an online thing to so make it easier for everybody in Amarillo and, and Lubbock and Richardson and wherever to click a button. They don't. It's in the ha- in the Capitol. You've got to be there to do it. And somebody was doing it on their behalf.
0: The question so, is who was doing it on their behalf right. and who's going to take then the fall for it.
1: Well, and somebody, somebody at DPS, I'm sure, is looking at – the hall cameras from that night to find out you know who was clicking into what machines and handing that over to the house general investigating and ethics committee Mm
0: -hmm. so i mean is this something that sort of happens and is sort of par for the course in committees and jonathan stickland is you know because of his sort of acrimonious relationship with his colleagues that he's gonna you know take the fall for it i mean is there any sense do
2: you think this is happening elsewhere and we're just not aware of it I
0: don't, I, You know, I don't
1: remember somebody being removed from a committee meeting. You know, the usual no, protocol— I, mean, I don't
2: mean about the removal. I mean, do you think that other people are signing in people right. as, te- as witnesses who well, are not physically present?
1: Well, on the House rules, this is interesting. On the House rules, this is a complete setup for a point of order. This is a way to poison a bill. So if I have a bill and there's but a— But it's
0: Stickland's wit- bill, yeah.
1: There's a witness list. Well, that's kind of interesting, too. But there, if there's a witness list attached to a bill that gets to the floor of the House— And there's a flaw in that list. It violates House rules, you know, either because they left a blank on the thing or because they signed an Austin form from Richardson or something. It's a point of order that can pull the bill out of consideration, so it poisons the bill. Um, So I don't know, you know, Stickland, if you get caught, You're dead if you don't get caught. It looks like you have a lot of support. I'm not sure the juice was worth the squeeze.
3: It should be noted here he hasn't exactly denied wrongdoing, right? He put out a statement and he said we've reviewed this and it looks like this did happen. Yeah, my
0: lawyers think that this is not a problem. The the best thing, though, the best
2: part. (laughs) I I mean, stop talking about serious, important business of the state. (laughs) What I want to talk about is the quote, the money quote in the Stickland story that Morgan Smith, wonderful profile of Stickland that we published on Sunday, in which Stickland said, these same, paraphrasing basically, these same people who hate me now. they're going to be the first ones lined up to come back to me for help at primary time
0: somehow i doubt that (laughs) but he seems incredibly sure i mean this i I think i have to
2: say ballsy man
1: ballsy you know confidence you know wins this week's self-esteem award
0: yes for sure i mean but he's this profile was phenomenal and it really the the best thing about it was the timing that morgan had gotten the sit down interview with jonathan stickland about sort of his relationship with his colleagues basically in like the days before all the shit hit the fan with him and this getting kicked out of this committee hearing but it's worth noting that the chair of this committee, who kicked him out, he doesn't exactly have a good relationship with Stickland. I mean, Stickland tried to kill one of his bills on the House floor that the same day. day they've, been, they've been fighting yeah. all day. Yeah, and and Joe Pickett, the committee chair, made like a cartoon drawing of his bill to hand over to. to I the thought Stickland. That,
2: I thought his little cartoon drawings were awesome, including the the sort of bad guy with the Hamburglar mask. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was awesome.
0: Maybe you should ask him to contribute to the Tribune.
2: Well, right. you want car- we you want a cartoonist, cartoonist. Here we exactly. Go, right? there there yeah. you go, right? Yeah. But
0: the most interesting is
2: Jade Helm stuff is going to be had awesome. A, we had a
1: legislator who was a really good political cartoonist yeah. one time.
0: I mean, the element of, of that interview was that? That, was, that was the most timely, though, was that, you know, Morgan asked, uh, asked Stickland about the rules of the House and, you know, decorum. And basically Stickland said, you know, I think that House leadership is bending the rules in order to, you know, sort of keep me down. And the last quote in the story was Stickland saying, um, you know, the rules don't freaking matter around here. Something along those lines. I think
3: that's an exact quote. Yes.
0: Yeah. I, I know the freaking part was right. It's my favorite word in the quote. And, and the funny part about that is that, you know, again, the next day suddenly he's busted for breaking the rules.
2: Well, you know, this actually is a serious conversation that the uh, I've, I've had with a couple of grassroots conservative uh, activists. And it happened r- most recently right after the whole blow up over the uh, dishes sunset bill where um, – you know there were a bunch of abortion amendments that were attached to it, and then there was a point of order. They went dark for about an hour or more. to Come back, and then Fort Price ended up pulling the bill and sending it to committee. There was some concern on the right that the state, and they of course attribute everything to the speaker because the speaker is the babadook here, right? He's a, the bad, he, he's the bad element in everything. This, but they say the speaker somehow manipulated the rules we actually should have been allowed to do thus and such and somehow they're using the the rules incorrectly or unfairly to keep us down this has been a theme that that somehow the the leadership of the house is, misusing the rule book to keep the grassroots guys from being able to achieve their ends. I don't know that there's any evidence of that but Stickle's not the first person to raise that Everybody
1: section. fights the last war. This was the complaint against Craddock. Against Craddock, right. And, yeah. And it actually
2: bore some fruit. I mean it
1: actually came to pass that that thing turned on the rules getting blown up. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I don't know that that's happened here but it's you know if you if you lose in a rules fight
2: you always blame the ref. Right. Always. Right. Any any parent of any kid on a athletic team knows that the I that haven't the bla- blaming the ref is a very popular strategy in the car ride homes. well and I haven't seen I haven't seen in this case I mean you know it, and it could come
1: to pass but I haven't seen yet in this case anybody any of the people who hired the ref scratching their heads and saying now wait a minute like happened to Craddock and none of the people who put Strauss in the chair seem to be the people going I don't think you're reading the rules right mm
0: mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's um, move a little bit north to Garland, where we had obviously huge national news this week that Patrick covered in part. Uh, we had a, a situation where there was a basically a cartoon contest to draw the Prophet Muhammad, obviously very offensive to people uh, of the Muslim faith, um, and then there ended up being a shooting. and, and Did they end up identifying those two uh, shooters as being, you know, associated with with ISIS?
3: Yeah, I believe, anonymously quoted senior law enforcement officials have confirmed that there were open investigations at least at one point in history into them. One of them is you know, Pakistani, is that right? Terrorism. Is that the allegation? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And Please. so so what was the state response from this, either from a security standpoint or from a political standpoint? And obviously this could have ended a lot worse than it did.
3: Sure. I mean, I think the, the political response that we reported on from the, the top elected officials was that, um, you know, uh, Greg Abbott and, and Dan Patrick didn't directly weigh in on this contest, but they certainly defended the First Amendment rights of the organizers to to put it on, even if it did provoke this this kind of violent reaction.
0: Mm-hmm. And from a security standpoint, it was you know Steve McCraw basically the with DPS saying you know we're we're here to provide provide guidance, but um...
3: yeah, I mean we haven't heard too much about security wise what role Texas is playing. We know that DPS is assisting with the investigation. Um, but beyond that, there hasn't been too much detail that's been, been public about Texas' role. Well,
1: and we do know that they that they beefed up their security before the event. That mm-hmm. one of the, at one point in this, Garland Independent School District, which owns the community center where this was held, um, told them to go back and get $10,000 worth of more off-duty cops right. to be there. The off-duty cops who were there were dressed in SWAT uniforms, which I thought was interesting. So it's, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't an unexpected... You know, I, I, I don't think that they expected to get shot at, but they did expect it to be a provocation on a level that required a big police presence. You,
2: th- you thought that the organizers were, were, were doing this in order to provoke.
1: I think if you flip oh, this, clearly if, you were, a provocation. If, if you were if you were a police organization, say, and you wanted to do a sting operation that attracted the kinds of people that this attracted, I don't think you could have set it up any better.
0: So, you know, we've had a legislative session where we have at times seen some uh, rhetoric that appeared to sort of be anti-Muslim or anti-Islam, you know, down here in Austin in the Capitol. Has there been any of that in the fallout of this
3: there really hasn't. I mean, I just we were talking about this earlier. I think um, uh, on Sunday night it looked like maybe this would have been a story that became very political quickly this week. Um, but you know, from, from all that I've seen, it just hasn't become
1: politically charged here,
3: mm-hmm. at least here
1: in Austin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the universal reaction seems to be that these guys were idiots. Right. Clearly. Uh, and and I mean, nobody's taking the other side. It's not like there's a there's a difference of opinion here. Yeah. I
3: mean, it honestly has become more of a political story. On on. In the blogosphere nationally and outside of Texas, then I feel like it has become inside of Texas, among the, the usual channels.
0: You know, it's been interesting because you watch on social media and you'll see sometimes conservative publications, you know, posting these headlines. You know, ISIS is in Texas. ISIS is in, is in Texas. ISIS is on the border. You know, and DPS has sort of roundly been like, No, no, not true. Mm-hmm. You know,
2: ISIS. Isis has been denying that uh, they're here
0: no DPS
2: oh, I was like I was like I thought I heard you say like, you a, spokes- yeah. yeah. a spokesperson
0: you for would, Isis if you would stop tweeting while we're on the Tribcast, you would know you will see well, that I, that has
3: not happened. <laughs> Isis took credit for this uh this event but they did not provide any any evidence that they you know that these two men were, were directly tied to them
0: right still I think you know you'll see the folks who routinely sort of get shot down on social media suggesting that Isis might be in Texas Great. you know having a little more credence lent to their uh, anxiety yeah
3: and Governor Perry touched on this yesterday and he basically said ISIS is taking credit for this and this shows that this war against Western values being waged by ISIS is not you know happening halfway across the globe. It's it's in our backyard.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So Ross, we have just a few more weeks left, hopefully, um, in the just legislative session. Speak for
2: yourself, Missy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. What's, what's outstanding? What's still in store?
2: Um,
1: we have pre-K, which is coming up you know as early as today as we tape this on Wednesday in the Senate. Uh, the House passed the governor's $136 million pre-K. It's kind of an expansion and kind of not. It's replacing some pre-K money that was taken away in a previous budget cut to a large extent. But anyway, it's been contentious. The right, um, Some of the right doesn't want uh, this to pass. This is what caused our breakfast squabble with the governor and lieutenant governor and speaker a couple weeks ago. That's up. The budget's up. It still hinges on a tax bill, whether we go with the Senate's property tax, homestead exemptions or whether we go with the House's sales tax
2: cuts. Are you hearing anything about the budget conference uh, process so far not going well? Everything
1: from Nelson and Otto, Jane Nelson, the finance chairman in the Senate, and John Otto, the appropriations chairman in the House, is pretty rosy. And, and they say, you know, we're a little bit different on the numbers on this. We're, we have some programmatic differences, but there's nothing really incredibly hard here. We do have to solve the tax fight before we know what number to plug into the budget. So well, the tax thing, and, and, and that is connected to,
2: that, to that's connected to the budget though, It right? is
1: connected to it, but the the discussion over the budget itself seems to be going pretty well. The conversation over taxes I think they're starting to loosen up. Uh, Patrick has shifted his support. He has not left the property tax thing behind, but he's kind of shifted his support to this um, Senate Bill 1762, I think is the number, which is a deal that says any Large increase in property tax rates has to be approved by 60% of the city council, the school board, or the um, but, but, but
2: hold on Pat, county commissioners Pat, Pat, court. Patrick said the involved. other day, I thought that he was doubling down on his insistence that property I, tax. I, think cuts that was, be I, the, I be the
1: be the means I, through which. I think that was a bogus report. I, you know, the other people who came out of that meeting were saying no. Actually, they're kind of shifting their support to this. He had an off um, um, an off-the-floor conversation with some people, you know, that basically said, you know, look at 1762, this is really important to us. It's not in anybody's real interest to come back in the summer. If you come back in the summer, the Texas legislature has never in modern times failed to get a budget in regular session except when they agreed that they needed to hold it. They did that once in 1991. They've always got the budget done. Uh, It looks like you don't know what you're doing. So
2: what doesn't get done potentially between now and June 1st that creates a, a need for a special session?
1: It depends on the governor. If you get something that's on the governor's list of important stuff, ethics is the one that jumps to mind. And he says, you know, you didn't do this and it's it's really, really important to me and I really, really want it. I'm calling you back. I think Uh, they're going to get it. If you don't don't get a budget, you have to come back. If you, you know, I don't see that it's to anybody's real advantage to have a special session on something Mm -hmm. else.
0: Alright, well if you have questions or comments, you can email them to Tribcast at Texastribune.org. You can also now sign up for Tribcast Alerts at Texas Tribune.org/slash Tribcast. Uh, we'd like to thank Shiny Ribs for doing our music. And on behalf of Evan, Ross, Patrick, and our producer Todd, thanks for listening. Texas Talking. Texas Talking. Texas Talking. Ooh,
2: But so the movie is good, a little bit too much Courtney Love.
0: Uh, Isn't that always the case?